And we're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. Pencil. When peace comes, remember, it will be for us, the children of today, to make the world of tomorrow a better and happier place. We are beginning to be able, cautiously and with our eyes open, to encourage some interchange of ideas. We have to start thinking about tomorrow. I've heard that somewhere. We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow. And let there be no Hey, welcome. This is uh the Here You Are Wassa podcast. I'm your host, Dino, and I'm here with my, my co host in charge. I'm Eric. Eric, and we brought our friend Ben back. What's up, Ben? Hi. Thanks for having me back. I wasn't, I don't know, I thought maybe the last one, I wasn't sure if anyone in V-Next was going to show up crying at your door, so I wasn't sure if I'd be coming back to the podcast or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no one, <laughs> what the fuck are we talking, V-Net, what? Well, well, well Windsor Drive, they, we always oh. made fun of them for how, every time we saw them, their V-Necks got deeper and deeper. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, they were just like that weird hippie guy who was super skinny with that deep cut shirt. I'm not wearing any pants. Film at eleven. That he yeah, got they off, just... that he got off the woman's clothing rack. <laughs> yeah, they just like kind of. You could see the navel. Right. Like, okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone crazy. The next step is necklaces. So. <laughs> the thing about Dino and I is that if they showed up at our door, it would probably make us want to do even more podcasts. So. Yeah. Just facilitate. Cool. Stoking I think fire. A, I think a lot of people listen to that one. I had a lot of people reach out to me and say they listened to it and they liked it. So that was cool. Nice. Let's well, fucking Eric. Yeah. Anybody ever reach out to you and say they liked our podcast? Uh, just my father-in-law. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, so you guys, you guys count? are both beating me. Oh no, no, my buddy Corey from the dog park. He listens, so that's good. But cool. he he thinks we should talk about metal more, and I'm like, okay, well. I'm I'm not that guy, so yeah. <laughs> I bought some new aluminum foil the other day. Nice. That... Yeah, there you go. There Damn you go, it. Corey. There you go, Corey. <laughs> yeah, when when uh like we always he always ends up talking to me about music and stuff and it's always like, Hey, did you hear that Lamb of God song? And I'm like, No, I didn't hear the other Lamb of God song or the other one you talked about. I didn't hear any Lamb of God songs. Oh, you should watch yeah. the Lamb of God documentary. I'm not going to do that. You know, I get that. Yeah, I get that a lot too. We when we used to play shows, we we were kind of on the edge of that metal scene, and people in the crowd would yell Slayer all the time. Right, and I never understood it. I've never listened to Slayer in my life, so I never got it. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's. I think that that's like a generation or a subculture's version of Freebird. I really do because it doesn't. I think so. Because it doesn't like it doesn't connect to anything, you know. Like okay, so you just want random Slayer songs? I mean, would that be a, enough for you, you know? But yeah. and, and and I've seen Slayer, so you know, I'm like okay, this is this is this seems like as heavy as I can imagine it getting, you know. But it it's just one of those things where like they are they are such an archetypal band that I'm just like, what the fuck is this? But. Yeah, Slayer. I think Slayer is a is some some crew of dudes freebird. I really do. You know. Yeah. No, it, I could totally see that. You know, it's just it's 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 just you know, and 
for the most part, those it seems like those are impossible covers to do anyway. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, I saw that they were going on their, they're doing a farewell tour. I saw that. And I made a remark about how every band on the tour should also retire, and that did not go over well. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> Who else is on the tour? I can't even remember. Um, I remember looking at the lineup and being like, oh, gross. Oh, and then and then just I just kind of made like an offhand remark. I was like, ah, maybe all these bands will retire. And that but Slayer fans did not receive that well. No, I'm... I'm- because that you know that's ninety five percent of radio stations around here, so they're yeah. still playing that entire lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. it, it really is. Like I always compare that to um, Iron Maiden fans, and they have a new album out recently. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think like in the last month, month or two, oh. they put out a new record. Oh my god! Like those still those the guys. Same. Still with the same corny painting and, you know, the, that skeleton dude, zombie dude. I'm, the zombie dude, yeah. I, I mean, I remember, like, I remember exactly when someone clued me into Iron Maiden. I was 16 years old. I was at this guy Paul Schneider's house, and uh, and he had, like, an Iron Maiden record. And I'm like, wow, what the fuck is this? And then he played it for me, and I'm like wow do i not care holy crap (laughs) yeah when i yeah no you're dead on with that because when i see when i first saw the iron maiden artwork i was like oh yeah i was like i need to listen to this and it did not match the sound of the music at all i was like no like no never mind right yeah (laughs) yeah so who digs it because they have a huge library of music it's it's uh people it's White guys our age, yeah, is, is their demographic. Got white guys in their forties, yeah, dude, oh, yeah. yeah, yep. I mean, yeah. And and the thing is, like, I uh, Henry opened for them on a on a couple of days, and we like I've never seen fans like that. Like they they just like they're they're insane. They were mad that there was an opening band. They were literally mad, you know, that somebody else that that the twenty five minutes we were going to play was time being taken up by a band other than Iron Maiden, and it was just like, look, Bruce Dickinson is not getting back on, is not getting on stage. You you guys can just sit down and ignore us like everybody else, because you know there's no point in being this mad about it. But they, the fans were legitimately pissed that there were two opening bands in front of Iron Maiden, as if it, as if. You know, we were somehow taking up 60 minutes of Iron Maiden music that they were going to get and now now weren't going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And they they like historically played long sets oh, already. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you're going to get your fill. Calm right. down. And the thing is, like live, we I watched the two nights and uh, they're really good at what they do. Like Bruce Dickinson is a really good showman. And it's just it's just not my thing. Like, you know, the the constantly you know, ascending crescendo guitar solo is just not my thing. You know, yep. like I'm, I'm great. You guys got, you have those scales down, you know, and yeah. you, can, you can turn them left and right at, at the drop of a hat, but I don't, I don't need you to sing songs about running to the hills or running for your life. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, I remember being like wildly disappointed 
when I saw the artwork for one of their records. And I think I, I think it was Run of the Hills that play, that I listened to first. And I was like, this is going to be so sick. And right. then it, I was like, what is this? It was like a kind of like a just a little bit heavier version of Journey. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm good. And, and the thing is, they have they have such a catalog like there's so and there's so much of their music and uh, and like there's that documentary about uh, where they went on tour and Bruce Dickinson was the pilot because he's a commercially rated pilot. Yes, I and, watched that. And it's like, oh, you guys are like I, I've I've always liked documentaries like that where it sort of humanizes the band that especially if it's a band I haven't ever connected with. I'm like, oh, look at that. You guys are pretty cool, you know, but I still can't get over the the, the music thing like that, that uh, that Rush documentary beyond the lighted stage. Yep. That I that is one of my favorite music documentaries. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to Twenty One Twelve now, and then I listen to Twenty One Twelve, and I'm like, I am never gonna listen to Twenty One Twelve again. Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> I just, I get that this is brilliant, but I, I just want the Beatles. I want these songs that are four minutes long. That's fine for me, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And like those, like the Rush documentary just showed those guys to be such nice people. You're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you want to cheer for that, you know, and then. They did it. They did another documentary about their final tour, and it was like you know, it was it was really sort of heartwarming. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. So it's kind of like yeah, no, it's kind of like the Anvil documentary. Yeah, um, like I was really I was in their corner right. by the end of that documentary. I was like, I want you to be big. And then like I listened to him, and I was like, not that bad, right. not bad enough to listen to your records yeah. all the time. Th- this was just one time I liked you and now I can put it all away. Yeah, there we go. You know, but yep. Yeah. yeah. That it's, it's funny how those, how documentaries just, well, I mean, I think that's their intention obviously, but then, you know, you, you, you really just sort of end up feeling for the guys and yeah. So like, uh, was, the was guy, Spinal Tap, Spinal Tap, was that based on a, a, one of these documentaries, like a particular band? It just, it had to have been. There had to have been something that... I would have, yeah, I'd imagine. Because it's, like, the Spinal Tap humor is so specific and so sort of based in something that you just go, there's got to be some truth there. There's got to be Rob Reiner or whoever the hell did that movie. He had to see something or meet somebody where he just went, yep, I got it. I get the joke now, so. (laughs) Funny. So, so, uh, so we're, I guess we're going to talk about minimalism a little bit here. So, so sure, Ben, yeah. you know, uh, just go. So, is this something you practice in your life? Um, yeah. Uh, so, and it's something that probably like I think existed in like maybe like my subconscious or something before I really understood even like what minimalism was. Let's let's touch on that for a second. What can one of you explain exactly what you think, or both of you explain what minimalism is? I'll sure. Go, go ahead, Ben. <clears throat> okay. Um, so to me, minimalism is it's a lifestyle, right? Um, and it it what it does is it helps us question like what actually adds value to our lives. So I think commonly minimalism minimalism is thought of as like. Um, just throw your shit out, have less shit and, and then you just rebuy it in 90 days or whatever, you know, but 
But to me, like there isn't an area of our life where we can't apply minimalism, whether that be like our our family, um, like our, our extended family or the way we raise our kids or um, our diet, you know, whatever the case is. So it, it's it's definitely like a like a lifestyle. Yeah. And it's just, to me, it, it's not just about having less stuff like it's about the way you live your life. Yeah, see for me it's um it uh there there's a real sort of part of it that's just kind of purely functional, you know, like just I don't need that kind of thing. Um yep. and, and I and I struggle with with minimalism on on all sorts of levels, but I think the deal is um it's about being a mindful and conscious consumer of things and uh you know just sort sort of going you know, like having having a rationale behind the decisions we make and, and what we purchase and what is sitting in our house sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. And I can totally agree with that. Like, I think and the reason like I don't know, like I'm not the expert on minimalism. So I'll just preface like this whole entire conversation with like if my wife wasn't the driver of that conversation, I'd continue to be a big dumb idiot about it. Like. I, I, I would have probably never dove into it and understood it the way that I understand it now. So my wife is really like the driver in our house, at least for like, w- you know, what does minimalism mean within these walls? So. Yeah. And see that that's, that's fascinating for me because you've got kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have three, three boys. Fuck me. Um, but <laughs> so how did, how does it, so given given that sort of just general, you know, idea of, okay, let's make everything a conscious choice and try to have less stuff. But, you know, little boys are boys. You know, like, how do you manage Legos? Yeah, so we, so we actually have, like, we have a playroom in our house. Um, and everything that gets, like, bought or brought into that playroom is super intentional. And there's a purpose for it. So, um, like in that playroom, there's a train. There's like a one of those big train stations, um, like a train, a train set. Um, and then mostly every toy they have is around the idea of building, right? So they have Lincoln Logs, they have Legos, um, and then they have an easel with like paint and colors and things like that. Um, but we really do try to like filter out the plastic garbage toys that come with having kids. Um, like Legos, I don't think are a bad thing because I think they they teach your kids how to build things, and most of the times they never go off the roadmap. Like, or they go off the roadmap. They don't go off the instructions. So they they're they're using their imagination. Um, but like something that doesn't really have a place in that playroom would be like. Um, would be like a, a Luna. Calm down. My my dog is like freaking out. Sorry. So something that wouldn't like have a place in that playroom would be like action figures, right? Because I don't I don't see at this point in time they're toddlers. So I make the decision, um, kind of about what I see would bring value to their life, um, and I don't see any value in that. So we, it, it's not easy to communicate with like our families and stuff, like essentially say like, 
hey, don't buy us a bunch of shit for Christmas. Like, because that's not what we're about. Instead, buy us something super intentional. Like, um, a lot of their toys, we try to buy wood, wood toys. Like, they have a kitchen that is, they like to pretend to cook at that kitchen. And um, that, uh, all it's all built out of wood. So it's sustainable. And if it ever breaks, I'll, you know, we can throw it away and it's not going to take up, you know, space in a landfill or whatever the case is. So, um, but I also think that like children are products of their environment. So they don't necessarily like they, I've, I've never really had them ask me for an action figure because they haven't really ever had one and they don't really know what, like what, what they would do with that or why they would have it, you know? So I think that they, they learn a lot from us. So like when they watch us cook or whatever the case is, like they want to take part in that. Um, so then we go buy them something that makes them feel like they can do that. And then people go, Oh, you bought your kids something. That's not minimalism. And it's like, well, no shit. It's not minimalism, but like that adds value. And I don't get to choose for someone else and somebody else doesn't get to choose for me what adds value in our life. Like that's, that's something that you have to come to a consensus with, with yourself. So it long, long answer, but it's, it's not easy. Um, but what we find is that they use their imaginations a lot and they, they play on their skateboards and they play on their scooters and, um, our middle child is super into music. So he has a guitar and he's going to be four in June, but you, you know, he picks up a guitar and he pretends to finger pick it. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. So, um, so, you know, those are the things that we continue to buy for them. So Eric, you have, you have a daughter. Um, so how does how does that when when you hear Ben talk about it, how is that does that ring at all true to you or, or is your or is just Olivia the boss? I plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> all right. Good to know. Because like no, while you were talking, I mean, I it, he's very true. I mean, it's but I don't notice it in toys as much because what we've had. I at least have struggled with not uh, not having family in particular buying things that she doesn't need, just nonsense. I mean, stuff that just takes up space. And I don't like all of that. And there's so much junk that she doesn't touch. But the, the family dynamic is that she keeps that stuff. I mean, it's not something that I can get rid of. And I'm, right. I've just chosen to throw in the towel and arguing about it. But while you were talking, I was thinking about that from a, from a food aspect, right? She had a friend over tonight and <clears throat> I was in the middle of making dinner when the friend came over and, and I made, you know, a, a coconut crusted tilapia. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that I put it on her. Good. Right. And I put it on her plate and she ate the majority of it. Her friend wouldn't eat any of it because she doesn't like fish she would have preferred a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but then we made her that, or Gina made her that, because I, I didn't want to separate the two. And I said, yeah, she can do that. She wouldn't eat the sandwich because she didn't like the bread. So it's that kind of thing where, you know, you, you teach your kids this sort of thing from the get-go, and they don't know any different, 
right? This is just the life that they're used to. They get accustomed to it, and it's not that big of a deal anymore. So your kids don't want to play with action figures. Fine, that's not a thing that they play with, but but they're able to construct a house with Lincoln Logs. So, you know, in in that sense, I think that the minimalistic aspect of just doing something that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot more sense, right? Yeah, and that that totally rings true with me because one of our biggest prob like one of our biggest struggles at is the, doing this is so we have we have three boys that are very spread out in age. So my first son was born when I was 19 years old, um, and obviously I was not a minimalist then. I, I mean I was because I was poor as shit and like I didn't have any money to buy things. But that was like I that it was different then, and so he's gonna be 11 this year. Um, and then our two younger boys, they're they're toddlers. They're going to be four and three. Um, so it's actually been a struggle to try to go back and kind of rewire our 11-year-old's brain and say, like, you don't need all this garbage, all the, you know, you don't need this or you don't need that, because that's all he's ever known. Um, but what we found was probably, I'd say, a year, um, a year or so. I'm looking at my wife trying to like get her to nod in agreement with me. Um, but <laughs> like I think about a year ago we really started to bring him along in that process of like what do you want what do you enjoy doing the most? And and those answers were painting and kayaking and being outside. Um and so we started to spend more of our time doing those things so that we could kind of rewire his brain to say like, okay, I don't need this action figure with no left leg. Like I have no sentiment. This has no sentimental value to me. I don't know why I'm holding this thing um, or whatever the case is. And then slowly we started to bring our parents along in that idea of like when you buy things for birthdays, make it intentional make it purposeful, make it useful. And as always, we always enjoy experience over things. Um, so like then they get him gift cards for like kayaking lessons or a trip somewhere or, you know, things like that where he has a little bit more, um, where he's, it's not, you know, it's not an Xbox game or, or whatever the case is. So like that rings totally true. It's not easy to restart. Um, but with our toddlers, it's easy because it's they've never known any other life. And it's it's good having a support structure to that from a kid's standpoint. Yeah, you, know, you have all of the family involved and in, in your wife and everybody involved and on the same page. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yep. But from a personal standpoint, you know you don't have kids in no. your life every day. So right. how? How do you manage? How do you rewire yourself? Because you so, haven't been like this for your entire life. Right. So it's, you know, it's it's a strange sort of thing that um, where I, at some point, I just, I realized I was fighting against sort of these ideas that I thought were right. So, so the, the, the first time I can, I can, uh, Manif or that this sort of showed up for me was I think I was like 24 and it was one of those conversations that Jackie and I were having my ex Jackie and I were having 
about how we were go- how we were going to choose to live our lives after she finished graduate school. And so the rule was, so you know, we were together all through college and graduate school, and as you know, at some point we had moved out of our house on Linwood Avenue, and we were kind of bouncing from place to place during graduate school, from sort of friends to friends to friends, kind of living a little bit of a a nomadic life within Milwaukee. And the deal was we had two cars, uh, uh, a Volkswagen Jetta and a Volkswagen Golf. And we made, we we made the rule that, uh, or the idea was, um, we're going to live the same way we live in for, for 10 years after college. We're going to live the exact same way we lived in college. Meaning, we if we couldn't fit it in our cars, we couldn't own it. And so that was like when you're in college, that's a great idea. And uh, and then sort of my my the years after college that kind of made sense for me. But she became a physical therapist and was like, I'm settling down. And so that ten year thing went right out the window for her. And so. Thank, thankfully, by then we weren't together anymore. But it was that—that that was the first—that was the first sort of point where I went. If I can't put it in my car, I—I I can't take it with me. And if I can't take it with me, I don't think I can have it. You know, because looking back on it, the idea was we need to be able to—we—we we need to be able to pursue the things that we care about and we—we're passionate about, without the idea of having to put together a U-Haul truck and haul a bunch of shit to the next place where we're going to, you know, take the shit that we need to, to pursue the things that we're passionate about. So for me, it, it started then. And then over the years of sort of living in vans and tour buses and being on the road, that, that sort of crystallized the idea. And then, and then when I got home and was like, okay, I'm, I'm here now. All of a sudden, I'm like, I own a hundred DVDs, and what the fuck do I own a hundred DVDs for? Because I can't stop myself, apparently, you know. So, yeah. So for me, uh, the way minimalism manifested back then, and the way it's returned to my life now is, is again with this idea of intentionality. Of okay, I don't need to 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 you know constantly own whatever dvds are the blu-rays are the example i'm I'm a big movie guy and i could i can easily see having a, a movie collection you know but oh here's here's another because it's an eric story so there was a there was a time ben at one point eric showed up at a coffee shop with a suitcase full of cds do you remember this eric <laughs> yep yep and eric, i decided think, to put them all into mp3s yep. and get rid of the get rid of the collection right exactly and he was like that's it i got a better plan i'm gonna do it this way i'm all in on mp3s and he let he essentially let me go through a cd collection and i'm like i i cannot believe you're doing this i haven't even gotten rid of hell to be honest i haven't gotten rid of my cassette tapes yet and i'm 47 so (laughs) you know and so like that was that was one of those things we were standing in i think it was still something's brewing at the time and you had the suitcase full of CDs. And I'm just like, I do not understand what you were doing. You know, I just, for one, I didn't understand the technology yet. And two, I, I just did not understand letting go of music like that. That seemed completely 
terrible to me. But yeah, it's always yeah. it's always this thing where um, in, in my my minimalism now is has gotten to the point where I I have a hard time making the smallest decisions, just tiny inconceiv inconsequential decisions. Like I I'm like I could buy a car tomorrow and not think twice about it, but I could stand in whatever the 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 stationary aisle in office max for 90 minutes thinking about you know if i should buy this you know notebook and so yes it, it becomes yep. this strange sort of you know okay so now now i'm trying to have less things but at the same time i know i need this thing but do i really need this thing and then you know you just stand there just for me i just stand there completely locked down unable to make a decision about an absurd about absurd shit you know yeah, but, and that's, not, but, but it's not absurd shit. Just to, to, to your point, right. the notebook is a hell of a lot more important to you right. as a writer, yes, as a journalist, but, okay. than but, some stupid car. I mean, right. I know that it's just one example, right. but we all go through those things. And I think that those small decisions have <clears throat> personally than the ones that we can make without even thinking about. That That's probably true. And I thank you for giving me the cover there for that's wonderful. But I mean, it's it is that sort of thing where you just go. I do I do I need this? Do I want this? Like I what what I actually end up doing more often than not is just completely violating um, all of the ideas of minimalism and just saying I need to buy a bunch of just because it's funny coffee mugs, coffee travel mugs, because I need to find the one that works. And so. Uh. So what I ended up, you know, like, cause for a couple of years, the, the last couple of years I, I was on the road doing work. And so I'm like, I just need to lock down this. I, you know, I am sick of buying fucking shitty quick trip coffee mugs, you know? And I'm like, there's, there's gotta be a better way. There has to be a more better intentional way. And so I'm going to start, I'm going to spend a couple hours Googling this shit and come, you know, kind of figuring it out. And, uh, and so I ended up buying a bunch of different fucking travel mugs and kind of going, okay, now I have five travel mugs and now I have to get this down to one, you know, and it was, and it was, it was a process and it was fun because then I was able to give the rest of them away. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's the, the, the thing about it is that like, so one, like, I think when people walk into my house, they might see that I have 200 records or that I have you know, 50 books sitting there and they might say like, well, that's not minimalism. You could get a Kindle or a Nook and you have Apple music. So why do you need those things? And, and that's always like, that's, that's where I, the, the whole idea of is that like minimalism for me looks different than minimalism for Dino. You know, it, it, it's a different thing. It's what brings value into my life is different than what brings value into your life. So like, I always really hold on tight to that idea of like you don't get rid of the things that bring you value. Like you keep those things because you value them. Um, and, and and it can turn into like painstakingly long decision processes. Like just a few months ago, my wife and I decided to, to do our closet, right? And we were like, what do we need more? I don't know. I think it spurred like last week, last year, last summer, I wore the same pair of shorts every day for a whole week and nobody at work noticed it. 
And I was I like, noticed. I noticed you kind of smelled. Yeah. Well, if anybody noticed, they, didn't, yeah, they didn't call me a dirty no. douchebag or anything. So I was like, why do I have so many pairs of shorts? Like I had lost a, a, like 56 pounds. I was none of my clothes fit, but I was holding on to them. Like I, I was just hanging on to them. So then this year we said like, hey, we're going to get rid of our clothes, right? And we're going to reinvest in like like brands that carry lifetime warranty. So Dickies, Patagonia, Cavoo, Columbia. And we're, we're going to get like two pairs of pants and we're going to get like a couple of shirts. And, and we're going to have this wardrobe that like makes it easier just to start our day. Like I only have this many T-shirts and I only have this many pair of pants so I've just got to figure out what I'm going to wear here. Like I don't I don't need to have this big long process. But in doing that, it took me 3 days to pull the trigger on the pair of pants that I wanted to buy. Because like I didn't I was one, I was ordering them off the internet and I'm like an analog guy living in a digital world. So that was a weird thing for me. Like I I rarely order things off the internet. And two, I, like I just went back and forth. I was like, what if they don't fit? Well, then I have a pair of pants that don't fit. Well, you'll return them. Well, what if you're lazy and you don't return them? And I just went back and forth. I was like, you're going to blow your money on these pants and you're not even going to like them. And finally, my wife was like, buy the goddamn pants. Just buy them. And if they don't fit, I'll return them. Like, the, I'm not going to listen to you <laughs> voice your opinion out loud over a pair of Dickies anymore. And I was like, fine, I'll buy them. And it turns out I bought them and they fit great, you know, and I'll, and, but, but the, it's, it, it can be painstaking when you're trying to make the right decision and you're also trying to make an intentional decision. I, so Eric, I, I, I want to hear you, hear you talk about that a little bit because you're, you're one of the most sort of intentional guys I know as far as, you know, whether it be your appearance or whatever else. You know, like it's it's never just like I never have the sense that, OK, I just threw this shit on today. Like I always get the sense that there was, a, you know, an idea here. That's very true. You always look really good, Eric. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. Thank you very much. I uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I minimalism just doesn't seem like something intentional. To me, I mean, is from from that standpoint, from the pants standpoint, from the the you know the stationary standpoint, it just it seems like I don't know. It's it's weird listening to you guys talk. It just seems like it's we're not talking about minimalism. We're talking about something else. Oh, I, I well, yes, yes. You know what so, I mean, Eric? You made a really good point in the hallway the other day. You said to me, and and I'd like you to elaborate on it a little bit, and like where it comes from. <laughs> Because when I when I was telling you just briefly our thirty second chat there about like some of the ideas of what minimalism means to me, you you made a comment and you said, "Well, that's just that's that's what I do every day. That's, that's how but, I live right, my that's, life." But that's life, and Dino, I think you can understand because you and I have gone back and forth with, you know, what I think there was a website that we were fascinated with for a while where it was here's a screenshot of what my phone looks like <laughs> yes you know what i'm talking about yep yeah so you look at those screenshots and you you know damn well that you only use three of those apps right yeah so you live your life in a minimalist way it's just there's something about it that you can't get rid of 
if I walk around this house, you know, I talk about this house being messy. There's a lot of shit in here that, that we could just throw away and no one would ever think twice about it. Because the jars that I'm looking at right now on this dresser that nobody has gone into in the last two years, nothing has been in these jars in the last two years. There's no reason that these things need to be here. You only use this small percentage of stuff in your life, right? And you talk about my coordinating everything. I buy things so that they all go together. Right. Whether that's whether that's five sweaters and shirts, pant combinations. That that turns into twenty five different combinations because they all go together. Right. I don't need all of those things, but you mix and match and, and you can you can turn something small into something much bigger. You might be too young for this, Ben, and, and I never I, I was never a part of it when I was younger, but there was this brand called Caranimals, right? <laughs> Cheesy little brand. Yeah. But, yep. but the whole idea behind it was they all sort of went together, right? It was a clothing line. Hey, no, was, they still make toddler clothes. And it was and it was for kids, right? But the yes. idea was that you could buy this piece and this piece, and it didn't matter if you tried to match them or not. They would just sort of naturally, organically go together, right? And that's kind of what I see as minimalism. And that was the conversation that Ben and I were having the other day. It was like, you know, you live your life only using this small percentage of everything that's in your life. So there's really no point in having all of the other stuff. Because yeah. if you think about it, you're only using these four or five things, right? You only use these four or five dishes 95% of the time when you're cooking food. Because you eat the same sort of food the majority of the time. You might think that you want to buy grapefruit this time, but you don't normally eat grapefruit. So then you end up throwing grapefruit away. So why buy the grapefruit? Why not just buy the apples every time? If that's what you like, just buy that. You like this kind of music. You like this kind of, you know, you, whatever it is. You go to the same sort of gas station. I mean, we all sort of do the same sort of things day in and day out. We all live minimalistically. Somebody just put a term to it. Well, so you, you make a really good point. And, like, that's and – the, and that's kind of – so I guess, like, minimalism would take that idea of, like, you have the things in your life that you use or that you, that you, you know, that you have and the rest of sh is crap. Like you don't need it. And it reminds me of this quote that I, that I had heard once. Um, and it was, and it really started off at the beginning of our minimalism like journey. And that quote was, I've gotten to a point in my life that if you're not a good person and you don't make me feel good and you don't add value to my life, then fuck off. Um, and, and that quote, I felt like, cause minimalism can also be applied to the relationships in your life. And, and I think that that's at, at the root of it all, like you're exactly right. Like that's what it is. It's like, if I don't use you and you're not adding value to my life, whether it's a thing or it's a person, um, then get rid of it. Don't focus on it anymore. And right. it's, actu it's actually something that I teach in, in, in one of my classes about goal setting and prioritizing. Like if, if it's not in the top five of your life, then it's not a priority and you shouldn't be wasting energy on it.
And then again, there's that minimalism idea of like, you can be a minimalist with your energy output as well. And I think there's different levels to that too. I mean, I think Dino and I are a good example. I mean, we've been friends for almost 20 years. We have a, a lot of things in common, but we don't spend a lot of time together, right? I mean, right. a month and a half could go by and we would pick up right where we were a month and a half ago. You know, things wouldn't change. We'd still be friends. We'd still have all of those things in common. We could still run out and go to a movie, but it's it's sort of this minimalistic friendship that's lasted this these decades. Yeah. <clears throat> And that's, I mean, coming from somebody who, like, I don't have a ton of friends, that, like, sounds like a dream to me, mm -hmm. you know? Like, like and, and the friends that I do have, like, that's exactly how it is. Like, they do add value into my life, but I don't need them to add value into my life every day. You know, it's, it's, part, right. of why I'm, it's part of why I'm not on Facebook anymore um, and why, like, I don't feel the need to keep up with certain people like every single day all the time like you can still add value to my life without like being in my life 100 percent, and it's absolutely. actually how i'd prefer it absolutely and you can take that and turn it into intangible things but that, I, you, yeah. that you touch every day so yeah but to, to to get back to the tangible i think it's it's uh it's interesting to sort of um think about how you know it's maybe it's not maybe for all three of us it's not minimalism maybe it's um you know maybe it's mindfulness mm -hmm. sure and i i honestly don't think you can have i don't think you can have one without the other one you know i think that to be able to say like which i even actually i when people say like Oh, you're are you you're minimalists? Like I don't like that term even. Like, cause I'm honestly Makes you like, sound like you live off twigs and berries and yeah. Like, and to be honest, <clears throat> no electricity. Like, yeah, like excuse my language, but I'm whatever the fuck I want to be on any any given day of the week. Like I don't care. Like whatever you want to call it is fine, but and and I know that, but minimalism is what it's generally seen as. But like Dino has a really good point that I think mindfulness is a really good term for it, like because you're being mindful in almost every decision you're making. Right, and the thing is, we both we all know people who are not mindful in yes. their decision making, and you know, just sort of okay, so you're, you know, you without noticing you've collected three snowmobiles okay well yep. what the fuck is that you know or without noticing you know you've you've got six sets of dishes oh, oh yeah. you live alone okay well what the hell was that you know and so there's there's that point where you just go it's on purpose like you know it so I, i've got that patagonia trucker hat with the spork on it and the thing is that the reason that i picked that hat isn't because I particularly think it's a cool hat, but it be but because I've literally eaten ninety nine percent of my meals for the last five years with the same spork. Like it's it for whatever reason, five years ago I discovered, you know, the 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 Snow Peak titanium spork and I went, That's it. I don't ever have to buy another utensil. 
And nice. I literally, I have two of them. Um, one, one is sort of for fancy occasions. That's great. That's just crazy. Talk, but it's, but it's, it's, uh, it's purple. And then the other one is just a silver one. And, uh, and they're with me. One of them is with me everywhere I go. And for whatever reason, it's, it's one of those things where you just go, yeah, okay, this is, I'm making this choice. And like, it's, it's, uh, I have, uh, I have a bowl, a sing, a solitary bowl and it's, it's a, it's the perfect bowl and I use it for everything. And yes. if I could, it, it, the only reason I only have one of them to be clear about this is because an ex-girlfriend took three of them when she left me. <laughs> and if I could find a, another set of three, I would, because it's a perfect bowl. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into specifically target and put a bullet and like, you know, you walk down their, their aisle of bowls and you just go, okay, so is, is this hitting up? No, this isn't it. Put it back, walk away. Cause I have one I'm covered unless I can find the other, you know, but at the same time, you guys are never going to come to my house and eat cereal. So I don't need to have a third or a second and third bowl for you guys. Like it's just, yeah. that's just never going to, I mean, not that I don't want you to come over, but that's just never going to happen. You know, so yeah. it's, uh, you know, you just sort of go, okay, I can, I can whittle this shit down. Like I don't, you know, like I bought, uh, Oh, it's it's really embarrassing, but I I did it. So uh, I was in Bed Bath and Beyond buying Christmas gifts one year, and they you know like those red Solo cups that you ha- have at parties and stuff. Yeah, they have they apparently a company makes a more permanent version of those. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I don't know, whatever. It's a a reusable version of that, and I'm like, well, that's a nice size. I like that cup, and I bought it, and I'm like. I kind of have this cup thing handled now, you know, because it, it could do like it, it could do everything I needed it to do. And I'm like, all right, done, you know. And and so it's always for me, it's like the idea is always, you know, if I get the if I ever get the opportunity to get back on the bus, I'm ready. Like I, I know how to be on the bus. I know how to be in the van. And those that that those specific things are the things that drive my decision making. You know, like I, I, uh, my friend Jason started a backpack company and makes a ridiculously expensive backpack, but I'll never need to buy another backpack for the rest of my life. Exactly. And and two, the deal is his company is also going to fix it if I ever in my life manage to break anything on it, which I can't, like, I would have to drag it behind my car, you know, but it's this. You know, I'm like, okay, so I can put that away. And, you know, um, it's it's also just sort of the, the little pieces, like not to not to be too luggage uh, centric here. But like early on, in, I was like 18 years old when the, the company Timbuktu was created and the guys at Freewheel and Cycle talked me into buying a messenger bag. And I'm like, okay, great. This is this is cool. I don't know what this is, but you you're the cool guys. And you think I should have one, so I'm going to have one. And I've never, like, that messenger bag that I got when I was 18 years old is still with me. And it, a picture of it actually hangs on the wall of the home store in San Francisco. And I'm like, this is, you know, because it's, it's one of the, you know, original generations of this product. And I'm like, I never need to worry about that again. You know, like, I have, I have luggage handled and it's in what's fun about that is 
luggage is one of those weird things that I like I read blogs about luggage. You know, like that's a thing. Like dudes read they, <laughs> seriously. Like I watch I watch YouTube clips about luggage, and I know mm-hmm. more about luggage than I could ever possibly need. And uh, but it's it's one of those things where like I I have that handled. Like I know like I don't need to yeah. buy anything else ever again. Well, and it, it might not seem like a lot, but like when you have those things handled, because I'm the same way, right? When you talk about bowls, I think about coffee cups, like. I like to drink out of a very specific kind of coffee cup. Well, let's talk about it then. It's 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 honestly it's a Dollar Tree gray coffee cup. My wife brought it home one day and was like, "Hey, I found this," and I thought it was a good cup. And I was like, "This is the best cup. Like, this is." I picked it up and I held it, and I was like, "This is the best freaking coffee cup I've ever held. Like, this is perfect." So I actually went back to the Dollar Tree to find more of them. So that I could have two or three of them instead of one of them. And they were all out. But like they had a cheapy version of it that felt lighter, that felt like it would break, you know, if it banged against something. And I wouldn't buy it because like it's not the cup, you know. Um, and it's also like – so like when you know you find those things, right, whether it's a messenger bag because I just bought a Kavu bag and like – the minute I put it on and the minute like I realize that my books and my journal and my water, my water bottle, my canteen could fit in everything. I was like, this is my bag. I'm done now. Like it's one less thing you have to worry about. Right. So when you do that and it might not seem like a lot when you're like, Oh, well it's a bowl. Well, it's a coffee cup. Well, it's, you know, a bag, those things add up. And it saves us time, right? It saves us time throughout the day, throughout the week to actually focus on what we do care about. Um, because I probably shouldn't give a shit about coffee cups as much as I do. Um, but if I can't find a good coffee cup, I'm taking time. I'm either going out to my car to grab it because I left it in my car or I'm washing it because that's my cup. And I'm taking time to do those things because that's the cup I want to use. Um, instead of like my wife on that end of it could just be like, pour the freaking coffee in a bowl for all I care and drink it. Like I don't care what cup you use, but I'm very particular about that. So like when you have your things, you have them. And there's merit to that. Like I think that that's a fair statement to make. Um, and and that's, again, that's at the heart of minimalism. Like you intentionally are choosing these things so you know they're there you don't have to think about them anymore and you can actually spend your time on the things that you want to spend your time on and see but i that's that seems odd to me that minimalism is so particular because i remember dino having a breakdown about timbuktu bags for for me it's and i can see you having a and I can see you having a breakdown about coffee cups. I mean, isn't minimalism just? I have had a. Breakdown. I need a. I need a coffee cup. This one holds coffee. If 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 this one breaks or if something happens to it, this cup also holds coffee. Now I replace this cup with that cup. Sure. Yeah. I still have one cup. I can still to, drink my coffee. To any to anyone else, it could. Like I mean, that's that's really what I like about about this idea of minimalism, right? Like Eric doesn't care about coffee cups, but I do. So I'm like, I want this kind of coffee cup and it's one less thing. If I don't have that kind of coffee cup, I'm going to 
I'm going to be annoyed, right? right. And re- replace coffee cup for anything. It could be jeans. It could be a messenger right. bag. Right, right, right. Um, but if I don't have that one thing, I'm going to be annoyed, right? But that's a little and, bit different from minimalism, right? I mean, that's more of an OCD sort of thing. You I don't want think something. So. You want something very particular. Is minimalism no. really about something being so particular? Yeah, because I throw out every other coffee cup that I have, and I have <clears> two. Then I have two in that color, and that's what it is, right? I have two gray coffee cups, just like that, and I don't need any more coffee cups. So if I'm ever like browsing a store, right, <clears throat> and like D- like Dino said, I I'm at Target often and. I walk through their aisles and it's very tempting sometimes to be like, oh, that's a cool coffee cup. But I'm reminded, like, I don't need it because I already have my cup. I already have my cups. I don't need them. And I'm moving on from that. And again, coffee cup is replaceable with anything. So it's like clothes, right? I could see a flannel that I really like. But in my head, I'm like, nope, I have my two or three flannels. Like, I know those are my flannels. Those are the ones that I intentionally sought out. I bought them for a reason. I don't need a flannel. So like it helps with that urge because to me, part of minimalism is like, don't throw your shit out if you're going to buy it again. Like just stop because you're digging a hole. Right. So for me, it helps in that sense. Like, yeah, it probably is a little bit anal retentive, but it helps in that sense of like not repurchasing those things then. Because if, if if I see a coffee cup, like, I want like that. I like, I want to buy it. Right. Like I want to be like, Oh, that's a cool mug. I want to buy that. But I might not like how it feels in my hand. And then I wasted my time. I wasted my money, whatever the case is. Right. And now I'm pissed off about it. And it's caused me like an emotion that if I would have just trusted my gut and said, you've got your mugs, don't go buy that mug. Like I would have avoided that entire situation. So See, that's part of my paranoia. I think I would always have to have a backup. <laughs> be like what happens if the mug that i like doesn't something happens how am i gonna drink my coffee i mean see but then backup. I, like then i will de- like i'll deal with it then right then i'll say like oh i'll drink out of tiffany's oh mug my God, no, or whatever no, no, no. you know that's that's what i break down see <laughs> <laughs> like yeah so then at that point i would like deal with it i'll just say whatever you're gonna drink out of what's there but like if i can avoid that i'll try to you know that's when the that's when the tantrums set in. <laughs> I mean, there is. I will not drink out of a clear coffee mug, and that's not minimalism. That's oh, not no, minimalism. No, no that's. that's just, I think it's super. Wrong. Yeah, like that's that's when they do that. Have you? Do you guys like La Prima? Do you go to La Prima? Uh, no, I don't. I've never. I've, yeah, I mean, I've gone a couple of times, but yeah. I. Why do they give clear coffee cups? Yeah, and it drives me well, nuts. Fuck that. Yeah, to the point where I send it back. And like my wife is like, you are not asking them for a different – I'm like, I can't drink coffee out of this mug. I'm sorry. Like I just cannot. Like you drink milk or water or juice out of a clear glass. You don't drink coffee out of a clear glass. What about tea? Could you drink tea out of a clear glass? Um, you know, I've seen people doing it and it looks really appealing, but I don't know. I've never tried it. I always drink tea out of a coffee mug. So, which, uh, speaking of coffee, like, that's actually what I consider, like, when I, people are like, where did you start minimalism? I always say that we started with coffee. Like, it's, and it's a lot like coffee. Like, I think coffee is a perfect analogy for minimalism because 
like when you take all the shit out of coffee, right? So like creamer or sugar or whatever people are adding into their coffee, that's when you start to get the full benefits of coffee, right? So like look at look at life kind of like that. Like when you take the garbage out and you just refuse to let it in your life or or whatever it is, you take the shit out of life and like you just focus on the things you want to focus on, that's when you get the true joy out of life. Um, that's and, funny because a lot of what I eat has – do you want some dressing on that? No. Do you want some gravy on that? No. Do you want some salt and pepper on that? No. You know, it's that sort of thing where it's just if if the the food is the food, I want to taste the food. I don't want to taste these other things that go on top of the food. Yeah. I mean, so in, in a lot of aspects, I think, like, you're absolutely right. Like, you do live, like, a, a minimalist lifestyle. Um because not everyone's like that, right? I mean, you 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 go and get a salad with somebody, and and you watch them drown it in ranch, you know. Yeah. And you're like, yeah so you're like, oh, okay, or, or whatever the case is. They're like, you know, but like, it, you know, that bled into like our diet and why yeah. we decided to go plant based, and you know, all those different things. So like, it, it's just something that we were able to really grasp onto and like identify with. Um, but in the same sense, like I said, I hate when. Like, I just hate saying, yeah, I'm a minimalist. Like, it just sounds pretentious because then when people come over to your house and they're like, well, why do you have a record collection if you're a minimalist? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm automatically, like, defensive at that. I'm like, it's none of your business. Why are you in my house? Like, you know, I want to, like, I want to. I, wanna I don't know. I have one too many friends. Yeah. You know, like, you're not, you're not my, all right, this wasn't valuable. You can leave. <laughs> and so, like, I just get. You know, so, but that's what I like about it. Like, you don't have to shout from the top of the mountain that you're a minimalist because guess what? Nobody fucking cares. Like, like nobody cares. Um, there are people who will listen to this podcast and I see some people like sometimes post about how they want to get more into it or whatever the case is. But for the most part, like no one cares if you're a minimalist and no one cares if you wear the same pants twice. And nobody cares if you're a vegetarian. Like, these are all things you have to do for yourself, you know? Right. Except and like we talked recently, too, if you think about it, everybody is a minimalist. Everybody. In certain aspects. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe not every aspect of their life, but everybody has things that they gravitate toward. Yeah, yep. And I try to take that minimalism ideology and I and like I'll be totally honest, I try to apply it to every aspect of my life. Like I try to to say what's valuable in this part of it. So when we look at like relationships or growth or health or contributions, you know, those types of things, I'm thinking like what's the stuff getting in the way and to me just achieving what I want to achieve, right? And that's how I think of that. And is that happening? You talk about the next step in minimalism. I mean, you, you've done these things to achieve this, that, and the other thing. Are, are you getting to that point? Are you taking those next steps? Yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah, yep. So, and that was the big thing. Like, I mean, for years and years and years, well, not years and years and years, but for like six years after I quit playing music, I didn't touch a guitar. I didn't want a guitar. I didn't do any of that stuff. And like I had all these other things that I was trying to focus on that I was good at or wasn't good at or whatever the case was. And I remember one day just sitting down and being like, you need to prioritize what you want to do in your life. And like if 
if something comes along and it falls outside of these four categories, then you need to under, like you need to make that decision. Is this thing worth prioritizing over one of these four things, right? Um, and what I found, at least for me, is my product my productivity has increased tenfold since just kind of eliminating the white noise around me, right? Whether that be people or things or, um, you know, it, putting my phone down more. Like you guys were talking about the phones and the home screens. My home screen is blank, mm-hmm. and it. And it no, has you have problems, man. You have problems. No, like everything is in. I wish I could like share it, but like everything is. Um, There's websites for that. Everything's in one folder. Um, so my most used stuff is in one folder. My other stuff is in another folder, and that's on the third. Like you have to swipe over three times to even get to that stuff. And I just found that like doing that, minimalizing my phone and how that looks and kind of getting rid of all those distracting colors on the icons and stuff means that I get bored more often. Well, when I get bored, I open my journal and I write a poem or I write a free verse or I pick up my guitar and I write a song. So like all those things (coughs) that like I want to define me, I find that I'm doing more of them now that we've kind of eliminated a lot of the shit. You know, I don't need to spend... 20 minutes in the morning figuring out what I'm going to wear because I've only got 20 pieces of clothes and something's got to go with something and I'll wear it all twice and then I'll wash it, you know, or whatever the case is. So, so I find that like, you know, it, it saves me time in small increments, which add up over the course of a week. Cause being a family of five, it's not always easy to find that time. Man, a family of five. Ooh. I know it's pretty crazy. Do you know? Yeah. What so, you to say? so I, you know, I've been sitting here listening, and I and I keep thinking about um, an article I read about President Obama and uh, and how, like, you know, it was it was sort of a how the hell do you you know what is what does a president eat? You know, what do you you know what do you do and uh and he talked about how you know he he has one suit color it's it's always this it's the same suit it's the same color it's the same suit and the shirt is the same shirt and he has whatever 10 different ties because the last thing that you know the leader of the free world has time to do in the morning is go you know do i want the gray suit or the black suit and the reality is I have the blue suit. I put the blue suit on, I go to work. I take the blue yep. suit off and I go to bed, you know, and it's that the idea of, you know, and then he talked about how breakfast was always the same. He figured out what breakfast was and that's what he wants. And because he's the president, he can make that happen for himself. And lunch is always the same because the way it becomes one less thing for his brain to have to cycle through do i want a turkey sandwich or do i want a you know a club sandwich okay well fuck it i don't have to think about this at all i'm just going to get a turkey sandwich you know it's always i'm just going to be eating lunch and that's you know a plate shows up i eat the lunch and i go back to looking at troop movements or you know the economic development of you know central africa you know and it's it's that thing where you just go like ben was talking about you 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 don't have to worry about things like you just go okay so you know i know where my coffee mug is i know like i just for me it's the fucking stupid shit like 
where are my keys? Like right now, where are my keys? Because I can't tell you how many mornings in the past I'd get up and I'd have to drive to Milwaukee at four in the morning and I'd, you know, I'd walk out to my car and I'd check my pockets and I'm like, where the fuck are my keys? And I'd have to go looking for my fucking keys and I would get so incredibly mad. I would like just the amount of the amount of rage I can tap into for shit like that is awesome. And so it it became this thing where you just go put the keys like I, I found whatever a, a, a little weird wooden canoe and the keys go in the wooden canoe all the t- like before I go to bed tonight, I will check the canoe to make sure the keys are in the canoe. I don't need to check the canoe, but because I did this podcast and all of a sudden my head's thinking about the fucking canoe, I'm going to make sure they're they're in the canoe. But it's that thing where you just go, as long as I know where everything is and I know what everything is, I don't need to I don't need to put mental energy into this stuff. I can put in the mental energy into, you know, the things that matter, like the like you're talking about the kid in the kayak and stuff like the boy can just go. Yeah, I don't I don't need to worry about, you know, you know, fucking crocheting with somebody I want to do. I want to do kayaking and I know I want to do kayaking, so I don't need to worry about the other stuff. You know, like, like Sophie and Olivia were both in gymnastics together. And, and so Sophie's my niece. And so the deal is like, I, what I want is for her to be able to just go, yeah, I I like gymnastics and I don't, I don't like soccer. So I want to do gymnastics and I don't want to do soccer whatever it is, you know? And it's that thing where you just go, yeah, we're going to chase, geez, and I have to pee. But, uh, um, we're gonna ch- we're gonna chase experiences for the seven year old in a way that you know I chase the experiences in my twenties and so it's like yeah let's just focus on you know that which is of, of importance to me like you know Sophie's really quite you know lucky because like when I think she was like three years old and I and I sent uh, I sent my friend Mike V a picture of her and he's like oh me and Lucy want to send her her first skateboard. So the guys from Elephant sent her, she's three, so they sent her a complete skateboard. And I'm like, okay, great. Now she's at the point where she's like, I wish I knew where my skateboard was, Uncle Dino. Can you ask Mike to send me another one? And I'm like, the hell kind of, what? You're, you're exploiting my friends. But sure, you lost the other one. All right, fine. You know, so, because that just sort of happens. But, you know, it's that thing where you just go, okay, let's just, pick the things that give us value and, and put away the things that don't. And so like, you know, it, it, whether it be, you know, practicing our art or practicing our creativity or practicing our, our trade, it's just like, look, let's just, let's just get good at something and let's, you know, elevate it instead of just kind of being mo- mediocre at everything, you know, be good at something because you're focused on it. And I think, you know, like every, there's, there's a million different ways to talk about minimalism, you know, whether it be, yeah, like Moby posting weird pictures on Instagram of his house, you know, where it's a chair and a pillow on the floor. And you're like, what the fuck, man? You know, you're not a, you're not a goddamn samurai Moby. Come on. That's horseshit. You know, but maybe, maybe he really is. Maybe he's really that guy. But part of me is like, yeah, I don't think you're that guy, you know? So I think there's, I think there's a lot of minimal, I'll, I'll say minimalist porn out there. Yes, you know, and I think where, that people are really attracted to that idea of Moby's pillow and chair. And right. They're like, oh, I could live like that until they sit in boredom for a little right, bit. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. And um, I always say that. Like if somebody asks us about it and they're like, well, I, uh, 
you threw away your, I don't want to get rid of my clothes. And I'm like, then don't get rid of your fucking clothes. Like you don't have to, you don't have to, like, I'm not the minimalist dictator. Like, I don't care what you get rid of. And they're like, well, why would you, why did you quit doing this? And I'm like, because I didn't like it. And they're like, and and people are just appalled by, you know, whatever quitting this might be or, or why I would rather read a physical book than a, than a, you know, on a nook or whatever the case is, you know? So it's, that's what I've always liked about it is it, it's really something that you can take and you can own it and it's yours. But Eric's minimalism isn't any less relevant than mine. Like that's, that's what I like about it. What's interesting to me about it is you, you reference Moby and his chair and his pillow. Okay. So he's minimalist, but he's doing that consciously to focus on these other areas of life. But Moby hasn't put out a record in, a hell of a long time. So where's that focus? Where's the energy? Where's all of that sort of thing? Well, that's up to him. It is. But I think that that's an interesting topic that we maybe could save for another time. Sure. I think, think, no, I think you're right. That's a deeper conversation for it. But I think that the whole, the whole idea of minimalism is fascinating and yeah, because there's also, I mean, if you really get into it, like I follow the minimalists, sure, like the the who are Josh Milburn and Ryan Nicodermis, and they kind of got this movement off the ground. They took what like maybe Marie Kondo was doing with like the Japanese art of tidying up, and they really stream, like they really streamlined it into the mainstream. And um, so I follow them, and like they get really in depth on like the emotions attached to minimalism. I mean, so it's like a, it's like a freaking, um, I mean, it, it's, it can, it can really get deep. I read one on grief and death, an essay they wrote. Yeah. I read that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just fascinating to hear their take on like how people would hold on to, you know, this useless thing from grandpa but there's emotions tied to it, right? Or how the daughter is a minimalist because her mother held on to so many things because she had emotional attachments to them. So now the daughter refuses to emotionally attach herself. So like, it just goes down so many different emotional and psychological rabbit holes that like, I'm pretty okay with just being a little bit quirky about my coffee cups. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, so uh, Ben, yeah, been on the podcast before, you know how we wrap it up. Do you yeah. have any recommendations, anything you want to, you want to push? Well, so if you, I mean, uh, one thing I'll say is if you want a dose of minimalism, there's a documentary on Netflix on Netflix about it. Um, it's an hour and like 15 minutes long. So it's super easy to digest. I've watched it like five times, really What's enjoy it. Minimal, the it's called minimalism. There you go. Yep. Either and then, way. as far as music goes, um, I've been really pumped on Under Oath. Just released a new song for the first time in eight years, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Um, and then I've been in a heavy music bender, so I've been listening to The Chariot, which is a, a heavier band. Ryan Adams released a new song, which I thought was okay. Um, and then the Brian Fallon record. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so big on the Brian Fallon record, and I'm really looking forward to the new Field Report record um, mm. that's that's coming soon. Uh, they've released three songs off it. Those guys are from Eau Claire. Like, just their their last al- album was Gold. Um, so yeah, those are those are my recommendations. Oh, nice. and I'm I'm reading the book Why Bob Dylan Matters, and that's a that's a good read so far. Do you know? Got anything? Uh, you know, um, I got the new Neil Young record uh, about a week ago, and I really uh, I like it because it's uh, it's the angry version of Neil Young. So he, Ooh, he, he he's mad at uh, the president, and pretty much made a whole record about it. I'm gonna have to check that out then. Yeah. It, the new Neil Young can be hit or miss. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know it's it's that thing where you just go. I I just asked Mike at Intersleeve. I'm like, does he play electric guitar or is it all fucking him playing acoustic? No, he plays electric guitar. I'm like, okay, then I'll like it. You know. Okay. But yeah, yeah it's it's that sort of thing because like, I, I I guess in general I'm not a like when when Neil takes the electric guitar takes the Les Paul off I'm I'm less of a fan so. Okay. See, I've, I've heard someone, um, I think you even mentioned it about Ryan Adams that you really like when Ryan Adams like plugs in yeah. and just rips where I'm the opposite, where I really like when it's just him and an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And, and I, and the thing is, like I've said before, I know that that's great, but it's just, I don't care, you know, but, I, but I'm with you on Neil though. I like Neil plugged in better. Yeah. So, yeah. Eric, how have you been doing Dino? How have you been doing Dino on your CD a week? Every, every week, been buying a CD every week from Mike. So yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. So. I was I was just down in at Mike's uh, last week, and um, I tried to buy the new Brian Fallon record, and he sold out on it. Um, and then he tried to order more, and the record, the the record, the distributor sold out on it too. So they were on wow. back order. So I was really happy to hear that his second solo LP was was being well received. And yeah, I also I need really, to find out I, who else in this town listens to Brian Fallon because apparently at least fifteen people do. Right. And yeah. I exactly. I don't know them. <laughs> so you've got at least two of them. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. You're on a podcast, podcast with two of them. And okay, I, so, I was just listening to that yesterday again, so um, I I really like that record a lot. Yeah, big fan of that. Definitely better than his last solo record. Yeah, that was kind of his. I always compared to like a, that was his full moon fever, right. like that was his glossy radio polished Tom Petty kind of record. Yeah. So no, I'm a big fan of this record, and I've listened to it many times, and. Uh, you know, I I know it's been promoted to death, but I really really dig the Black Panther movie. I've I've seen it. I've not seen it. Yeah, I've seen it twice, and I have. It's one of those things where I haven't seen a movie in a while where I've wanted to see it numerous times. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah, I, so. yeah. It's funny because I went and saw um, the movie The Post. Uh, oh yeah. A, a, instead of going to black Panther, cause as far as kind of perfect movies for me, like that's a, that's kind of a perfect movie for me, you know, like, okay, we're going to make a movie about a woman making a decision in a man's world. And it takes down a president and a war like, Oh yeah. And it's all journalists. Okay. I'm in, 
you know, and yeah, so those journalistic movies, I love those. Yeah, Spotlight. Exactly. I, okay. I, I can watch Spotlight over and over. Like yep. recently, and, and it's a bad, I think it's a bad journalistic movie, but um, HBO or somebody's been running State of Play, the Russell Crowe movie. I'm mm. like, yep, just leave it on. Go do your laundry. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, you guys. So, thanks for doing this. Well, cool. Thanks for thanks, having ben. me back. I appreciate it. Um, keep me in the loop for okay. when you want to do it again, and hey. we'll talk all night Definitely. again. All right. Talk to you guys later. I'm a punk rock punk queen Brown paper magazine Hotter than you've ever seen Everywhere and in between I'm a tent ticket through ride Don't you wanna come inside? A five-star triple threat Hardest of the hearts I get No one's gonna break or bet Easy nothing but you get Double covers.